Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We will drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G., Along with my very special wingman tonight, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club. Kevin, what's happening out there at the Golden Bear Club? Hey, Holly. How are you? Hello, Orlando. I know you've been uh, checking out. You've been having some uh, players come through the gates over there at Golden Bear the last last week. Oh, yeah. We always have some really good golfers out there. We've got... uh... You know, Hideki's one of our members out there, so he's always out there practicing, sharpening up his game for the tour. Thank goodness, you know, he's uh, won the Waste Management earlier this year. So we really uh, we really appreciate having Hideki out there. Comes out and practices. we got Gavin Coles out there, Skip Kendall. we got all kinds of good golfers out at the Golden Bear Club. And uh, some good instructors, too. I believe Sean Foley makes uh, his residence out there as well. Yeah, he lives out there. Uh, you know, he's... Teaching with, um, he's teaching what Justin Rose, Hunter Mahan. So he's got some, uh, he's got some stars out there on the tour that are making some good paychecks week to week. Well, speaking of uh, tours and waste management, sponsor of Charlie. It's been way too long. Best fist pump ever on a Sunday. Hoffman for winning the Valero Open. Long time coming for Charlie. Gosh, he's been in the hunt. Oh yeah, it seems like over and year. over. He has just been playing some great golf, and uh, what what a good finish for Charlie. The double fist pump, I loved it. And Patrick Reed, hanging tight, coming down the 18th, had a chance. Well, had to make eagle, but uh, good finish for Patrick as well. Chad Collins uh, finished third. Kevin Chappell and Ryan Palmer tying for fourth. Uh, Kevin Chappell racking up some good finishes here. Shot 68 on Sunday. Yeah, he should be moving his way right up the FedEx Cup uh, FedEx Cup list, um, making his way into the uh, Tour Championship. Well, we've got a lot of news going on uh, in the golf world. Of course, a lot of buzz uh, with Tiger registering for the U.S. Open. He said he is on the back side of recovery after playing a few holes at his very own Blue Jack National in Texas. We're going to be talking to Bob Herrig in just a few moments, who was out there for the opening day. And a lot going on around the Olympics. Withdrawals, uh, Adam Scott skipping the Olympics, Charles Schwartzel. We are going to uh, talk a little bit about the Olympics as well. And um, we've got, uh, oh, John Daly. (laughs) John Daly turning 50. Talk about news and excited to begin the Champions Tour. Oh, my gosh. Uh, is it going to be a whole new John, do you think? Is he going to have to ditch the loudmouth pants and start wearing khakis now that he's 50? 
I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's a good draw for the uh, for the Champions Tour. I mean, you got John Daly out there. I mean, that guy pulls in people wherever he goes. I think you know, young, old, men, women, everybody wants to see the long ball. So they go out there to want to see him, and I think he's going to be a real spark for the Champions Tour. I'm sure there's probably a lot of guys that are really excited to have him out there. Um, I was I was watching the uh, a little bit of the event the other day. I saw they were playing a par three golf course. It was a little different. I didn't get a chance to watch all of it, but um, maybe they're trying to spice things up there and out, out there. And he's going to be a great addition, I believe. I think he is. Uh, there's no doubt about it. John Daly's fans are uh, probably as as hardcore and boisterous as Trump fans out there. Uh, you know, it's going to watch John sort of like going to a do a Trump rally, I think. But get this. He has a son that is 12, and he is attending the core golf academy here in Orlando. Oh, very nice. John Daly with a 12-year-old said uh, they noticed that his son's picking up some of his habits. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about what some of those habits are. Hopefully, hopefully it's, it's all golf-related. just yeah, throwing a club or two. But, um, yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting for uh, for the Champions Tour. And uh, speaking of the Champions Tour, Miguel Jimenez, the most interesting man in golf over in China, and hitting a ball at the Great Wall. Oh, my God, you got to love this guy. When you're that guy, you can do pretty much whatever you want, and he just proved that he can hit a ball off the Great Wall of China. You can pretty much do whatever. The most interesting man in golf. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, quite a lineup tonight of some of our great golf insiders. And uh, continuing this month our product of the month is swing click if you want to improve your tempo timing and rhythm as we know kevin sternett these are the keys to a better golf swing check out swingclickgolf.com and uh our product of the month we're going to be giving away two to the next caller the swing click plus if you give us a call at the studio 800-729-8255, 800-729-8255. You can pick up a couple of swing clicks. You can just pop them in your golf bag. This thing is a heck of a trainer. It was number one on Amazon in 2015, and uh, we want to get your game going in the right direction. So stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be back with Bob Herrick from ESPN coming up next. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G., Along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club at Keens Point. And don't forget, like us on Facebook and tweet us at the Golf Insiders. We want to hear from you. And we're going to give away two more swing clicks. The number one worldwide transition trainer. Call us. 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255, and we'll hook you up with a couple of swing clicks and get your swing smooth and in the groove for 2016. Kevin, we're going to be playing a little golf 
next Monday. The big radio studios uh, golf tournament. That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, we, uh, I think, have a pretty good team we put together. Oh, really? Who else is joining us? I think we might be hard to beat, but um, we'll just keep that a little secret right now. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun and uh, hopefully a beautiful day. Well, let's not delay. We're going to go straight to one of our favorite golf insiders, the big dog himself from ESPN.com, Bob Herrig. Hello, Bob. Hey, how you doing? Very well, my friend. Um, lots to talk about going on in the golf world. I know uh, you just got back from Tiger's little outing out in Texas, the opening of his new golf course. Yeah, it was, uh, according to him, the first time he's played any golf holes all year and uh, actually going back to the Wyndham Championship in August. And I think that was a little bit of a surprise to hear him say that. And he said it unprompted. Um, I'd like to think he was being honest about it. Uh, and I think it kind of kind of uh, puts in perspective, you know, just how tough this thing that he's been going through with his back is and was the two surgeries since August. And, you know, he's still got a little ways to go before he can be playing tournament golf again. I think a lot of people just think, hey, you know, he's had injuries before, he'll he'll come back. Uh, you know, I think this one's a little bit more serious, more difficult to manage, and uh, I think we need to be patient. I think he needs to be patient, and I think he's had a hard time with that. Well, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, uh, last year at his press conference for his tournament in December, and things sounded pretty dire. It was the first time, I think, and you even said it on the show, uh, that, you know, you you thought, you know, it was a very somber press conference with Tiger uh, talking about, you know, really the the status of his back. And, you know, certainly this was much more serious. Uh, You know, do you feel this is just, uh, you know, procedural that he's registered for the U.S. US Open? I mean, do you see any way he could be playing? Well, today was the deadline to do it. And if he wanted to have any chance to do it, he had to register. I mean, things could change a lot in, what we've got roughly six weeks until the U.S. Open. I mean, so he wanted to give himself the chance. Um you know, as you mentioned, when he was in the Bahamas, he, he, he sounded, you know, very down about his situation. And I think what we've learned and what he hinted at just uh, on Monday was that, you know, he was basically six weeks past the second surgery at that point, And he was still in pain and he wasn't able to do anything and he wasn't able to really begin rehab, let alone hitting golf shots. And I think it got him down. I think it got him worried a little bit about, man, you know, and you know how sometimes we are when just like when you're sick or ill, you've got the flu and you think, my, my, my God, I'm, I'm never going to make it through this. Am I ever going to feel good again? Well, I think that's sort of what he was going through a little bit. And, and it led to some of the comments that he made. I have a feeling he was sitting there at that news conference and he was just, you know, he was just in so much discomfort. He was doing all he could to not show up, but he said it with his words and, as he said on Monday, you know, I didn't think at that time that I'd be here doing this five months later. So I think that's a good sign. And, you know, from what I saw, he hit a lot of good shots. He, he, you know, if you didn't know any better, you'd think that there really hadn't been anything up. Now, those who study the golf swing a little bit have sort of analyzed some of that video. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's obviously some concerns about his swing at this point. It doesn't look 
fluid. He looks he looked a little stiff. Uh, he was rusty. You know, um, I just don't know how many balls he's been able to hit. You know, uh, he's he suggested that he's got a limit on how many drivers he can hit. So all these things suggest, hey, you know, he's got to take this one step at a time. And you know, I said to somebody. Um, if he played five holes, well, you know, that's 67 short of a tournament. Don't you need to at least have assimilated, assimilated a tournament one time before you go playing it? In other words, don't you want to play 18 holes four straight days to go through the warm-up, play 18 holes, do the, do the practice afterward and do it again, and then do it again and do it again? I would think until he at least does that, and there's no indication he was going to be doing that this week, how do you play a golf tournament if you haven't done that? Well, um, hey, Bob, this is this is Kevin Sternett. How are you? Yay, how are you? Good, good, good. I've got a question for you. Um, so you were out there. I don't know You know what the regiment was. Um, did he hit balls on the range? Did you guys get a chance to watch him there? Did you watch him the whole five holes? Did he stop for media questions? Or did he set you know forth in the beginning, said, I'm only going to play five holes? Did he plan on playing more holes and just stop because of the pain? No, no. The well, first of all, he did warm up on the range. Him and Mark O'Meara, they were mic. They were telling stories. He went through the entire bag. He, you know, he warmed up with wedges and hit hit short irons. And they actually had a target out on the range to for these guys to try and hit it. He was trying to hit this target with two or three irons. And one time he he hit the pole, and then he hit a bunch of drivers. And he tell everybody he's been experimenting with drivers. He's that he's got a. Uh, a, uh, a secondary driver he's trying to work, so he hits some of those, and he hits them good, and he hits them not so good. He hit a couple of kind of ugly hooks, and then they went to the first tee, and they kind of hit the ceremonial opening tee shot there, and then they went and played 10, 11, 12, 17, and 18. It was by design to play those five holes. It wasn't meant to be more. Um, he, he talked to us afterward on the, on the 18th green, for about 15 minutes, he stood there, looked fine, didn't seem to be in any discomfort. I never saw him wince or, or grimace or anything like that. Uh, but he's just, I think he's trying to be careful. He's, he wasn't swinging hard. He wasn't overdoing it. Um, and I think that's important at this point that he, that, he does, uh, that he does treat it that way. Yeah, I think as a golfer myself, you know, you, you get the adrenaline of, of being out there and and uh, the atmosphere of the crowd around you and stuff like that. So that pain kind of dissipates away. I wonder how we felt when he woke up on Tuesdays, you know, after walking and whatnot. Now, did you guys get a chance to watch him all five holes? Did the gallery follow along? Yeah. Uh, did you guys do any, um, were you allowed to film him or anything like that? Are we going to find anything on YouTube? Um, I only took some video on my phone, and, and there was a camera crew out there that uh, that was associated with the golf course opening. Um, I don't. I don't get the sense that there were any secrets. Um, you know, there was enough people there that could have been video videoing it, and there has been some video that's come out. There was some on his own Twitter account, uh, and uh, you know, you can take a look at those swings and probably notice that. You know, it's it's okay. I, I, he didn't seem to be going after it very hard, and that's where, to me, you know, getting in a tournament. If he were to do that at this point, I think human nature takes over, and you get competitive, and you you try harder. You might swing harder, and you you know I think Tiger goes after it harder when he's in a tournament. It's it's, it's probably one of his flaws. He needs to needs to bring that driving rate swing to the golf course, and and uh, 
Uh, and that's why I just personally don't think he's ready to play in the tournament. There's been some reports that he might show up next week or two weeks at the players. Uh, I don't see how he does that. If he does that, then I think he needs to come out and say, look, I'm just here to try to get some reps. I'm not expecting anything. But that's just never really been Tiger. That's never been his mindset. He's never approached golf, tournament golf that way, which is why I think he's going to wait. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN. What did you think of the golf course, Bob? Did you get a chance to play? Didn't play it, but it looks spectacular. It's really beautiful. It has an Augusta look to it. If you if you see some of the photos, it looks like you know it's got the pine trees and the rolling hills, and it sounds very much like he tried to design a course that would be fun to play. That you're not going to lose a golf ball. Uh, I understand there's only one fourth carry, and that was on a par three uh, on the back nine over water. Everything else is pretty wide open, and it's um, you know I think Tiger's sort of buying into the idea that that uh, you can't be building golf courses that are 8,000 yards and are so penal that people can't get around them and it takes too long. And he, he's talked about that a couple of times. The, the two courses that he has done now that are open for play both very much kind of fit that mold. They're, they're meant to be fun. They're meant to be member-friendly or, you know, average golfer-friendly, but could probably be set up real tough if they wanted to. And, uh, you know, I think, We've probably in a situation in golf today where it's harder to make them easier because you can't take out the water and all the bunkers and all the hazards that are in the way. And even for the average guy, those things are still going to come into play. So um, I think he did a nice job. I think he's got uh, he's got a good thing going there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see you know how how busy he gets in that line of work. Curious if you had any comments about this story that uh, was released the week before by uh, one of your uh, compadres at ESPN, Wright Thompson, who wrote uh, quite an extensive feature story called The Secret History of Tiger Woods. Any uh, comments on that? No, he wasn't asked about it. Um, it probably wasn't the right setting for that. Um, you know, it was only a couple of reporters. It was on a green after he had just played these five holes and he's opening this golf course um you know and to be honest with you i'm not sure what he would say um what were your thoughts uh well i thought the story was well first of all you know i know right he's an incredible reporter and writer um that story was thoroughly researched uh he worked on it for more than a year um you could tell if you read it by you know he had a lot of on the record information um, it's, it's hard. It would be hard for them to shoot holes in that story. I mean, whether or not you believe it went to the to the level that it did is maybe up to up to you and I to decide on our own. But clearly, I think Wright painted a picture of Tiger having a lot of you know. Um, I don't I don't know if the issues is the right word, but he was conflicted and very much cared about his dad and when his dad passed there was a void and he really wanted to honor his dad and he and and he became very very intrigued by things he had learned young because his dad was in the military he had a very a fascination with the military with the navy seals um and that came out in this story you know obviously there was photos there was lots of quotes tiger spent a huge amount of time doing that sort of stuff, training with them, going through some of the, uh, you know, brutal drills that they do, and nobody knew it, you know, and, and a lot of this was going on when Tiger was winning every week, um, and he would, you know, he would fly off to go do this on an off week, and 
and being these combat drills and, and, and these simulators and, you know, shooting and being shot at or, or being kicked or punched. And, you know, there, it, 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 um, it, it was a fascinating story. I thought, uh, it, it leads you to believe that possibly Tiger could have been injured doing this. It doesn't make any definitive statements, but you can, you can wonder yourself if he was or not. Um, and, uh, and, and clearly it painted a picture of a guy who, uh, you know, had other interests besides golf. He didn't want golf to consume his life. He wasn't the robotic golfer. And, and that's all he thought about person that many of us thought he was for all that time. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a fascinating read in many, many ways and, and shed a little light on him. And, and I don't think it was all negative. I mean, I think, in a way, it, it shines positively on him. It, it, it suggested that he wanted to honor his dad and that he had other interests besides golf and that, you know, he had, he had issues like everybody else does uh, of, of dealing with the death of a parent and, and where, where do I go from here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was just extremely well done. And uh, if our listeners have not checked it out, it's The Secret History of Tiger Woods in this month's ESPN, the magazine. Uh, before we let you go, Bob, we are turning to Zurich, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans at TPC Louisiana. Justin Rose was uh, the winner last year. Do you think Justin can repeat? Who should we be keeping our eyes on this week? That's actually who I picked. I think it's. I think Justin's a little overdue for a win. I, I'm pretty sure his last victory was this tournament. And, you know, he's a top-ten player. He's been in the mix of a bunch of majors last year on the leaderboard at the Masters this year. And we've had all these big-name guys win tournaments uh, over the last uh, few months, and Justin Rose hasn't. So I think it's time that he does, and maybe this is the week he gets it done. Well, he would be uh, deserving. Ricky Fowler's in the field. Jason Day, how do you think Jason's handling being number one in the world? I think he's doing just fine. I mean, he had a little lull at the beginning of the year. And then he bounced back, obviously, with the win at uh, Arnold Palmer and then at the match play. He was 10th at the Masters. And all of a sudden, you know, he's got a heck of a record going. Uh, I think he was a little bit out of sorts when he played at, uh, at the Heritage. You know, the second round 79, I think, was, a, was an aberration. Uh, uh, a lot of these guys are just gassed after the Masters. I, I'm actually surprised he's playing this week. I, I would have thought he would have taken another week off. But, uh, but uh, I... I I got no complaints with him. I think he, he, you got to be pretty pleased if you're Jason Day with the way you've handled, you know, getting to number one last year, losing it, now getting it back, and uh, continuing to go out and win. Well, I think he's got a sixth, seventh, and eighth gear because he said he was exhausted after the match play, came back and won at the Arnold Palmer. So he, uh, he has a way of just uh, stepping up to the plate. It was really great to watch him all that week, and I think we all got to know him a little bit better. No doubt. Yeah, good guy and uh, good for golf, and hopefully he keeps it up. All right. And one of the best guys out there on tour, Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. Thanks, as always, for spending Thank some you. time with us, Bob. Check him out, ESPN.com. Bob Herrick, you're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. 
think it's nice. If we could just make We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club. First assistant out there. And we're going to be teeing it up on Monday in the iHeart Clear Channel Outdoor Big Golf Event out at Metro West. And, you know, Kevin, we have listeners all over the country. We're so big. The Golf Insiders. We've got people listening from Alaska, California, my Chicago. Cousin, uh, my cousin Dawn in Michigan. Texas, New York. Uh, and we have them of all ages and all generations, including two of my favorite fans, two of Golf Insiders' favorite fans, four-year-old Garen and six-year-old Jacob Sternett. <laughs> Big shout-out to my my favorite favorite boys on the planet well my little boys they love you so much Aunt holly and uh you know they're starting to swing the club especially that garen he's got a pretty he's got a pretty good swing he loves it he loves it i just need to get him out there more i'm just afraid that he's gonna beat me one day daddy can't handle that well uh we're featuring our product of the month tonight giving away some swag the swing Click Plus is the world's number one transition trainer that helps golfers master their timing, tempo, and rhythm. This lightweight training device straps to your forearm and clicks at three key points of the swing at the top of the backswing at impact and at follow through. Swing Click trains your brain like a metronome, building your muscle memory to maintain a smooth, rhythmic swing, just like the pros and Kevin. You're a pro. You know how important that is. So it would even uh, it probably help my friend Matt Fenton out there. I know he knows nothing about golf, but I'm sure Matt Fenton would probably love that. It's great whether he you're a call in. whether you're a single digit or you're somebody just beginning the game. So we're giving away two right now. Call 800-729-8255. 800-729-8255. Giving away two swing clicks. Callers one and two. Call on in. We'll waste no more time. We're going to go to. One of our favorite golf insiders, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Hello, Babs. Hello, gang. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing well. How's your golf swing, my friend? Oh, my golf swing, gee, that, that three-click thing with me might happen all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that the my, truth? <laughs> so I we, think my top and my uh, impact and my backswing, I'll, I'll mesh at once. Were you out at Valero last week? No, I didn't do Valero. I'm heading to uh, Wells Fargo next week and the players, and and then off we go for a busy summer. So just kind of relaxing a few weeks at home and be watching New Orleans this week and and ready to get this, uh, you know, pack two of the PGA Tour season all cranked up. Absolutely. As, you know, we're coming around uh, the corner to the U.S. Open. I know the media day was Monday. We've got our next guest who was there and is going to preview Oakmont for us. But a big win for Charlie Hoffman, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it was a great win for Charlie Hoffman. You know, he had a lot of trouble on the weekends. He was knocking putts down on Thursdays and Fridays and not getting it done on the weekend and kind of spending a lot of money. You know, he's shooting 75s and 76s. And on a real rough day out of Torrey Pines, he even shot 80 on a Sunday. So uh, it was a big breakthrough for him to play so well in, in the hunt on a Sunday and, and get that win. You know, four wins now, that's pretty good out there it's not easy to win on the tour and 
and now he's kind of in that turf where you know you had some start adding some wins, maybe pick off a major, and you're putting together quite a nice career out there. Yeah, and that's one tough golf course. I think the Valero is. Uh, is it ranked the toughest course outside the the major tracks? Stuff that they play all year? year. It was last year. I think it was a little easier last week, a little more receptive. The scoring was a little better. But but traditionally, it's a really tough track, and it'll keep some people away. But uh, he played great and and, did what he had to do down the stretch. And he's a powerful player and uh, made some big birdies on Sunday and got it done. What can we expect at the TPC in New Orleans? Uh, um, Justin Rose? defending champion you got charlie in the field smiley kaufman who we learned a little bit about a few weeks ago was actually on vacation with jordan spieth and ricky fowler last week <laughs> some great pictures out on social media i was shocked i didn't see you in a few of those pictures in the background <laughs> hanging out down there but yeah I, it's a good you know number one jason day I, it's been years since new orleans i think this had the reigning number one ricky fowler uh so it's a good event you know justin rose Justin Rose has been uh, real dominant at at that place, and he's something like 60 under par through his you know last however many rounds through the place, and and uh, he's probably the guy to beat. But Jason Day is trying to get it cranked up, and and all these guys now are start pointing to the players and start thinking about Oakmont, and then that busy summer ahead. So uh, it's it's a good field for uh, you know sometimes you can have kind of an off week in New Orleans, but it's got a really good field. Zurich's doing a nice job. Yeah, a guy who had a great finish last week who I'm, I'm keeping my eye on for this week, Billy Horschel. He, his game seems to have come alive, and you know, he made that big switch to uh, Bob Parsons' golf equipment company, uh, the you know, founder of GoDaddy. Interesting, uh, interesting what's going on there. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. He's a guy, like, if you think of players as stocks, I like the way he's heading right now, and he's, he's playing well, and he's a good competitor. It's a tough course. He's won there before. Uh, you know, who knows the momentum Charlie Hoffman right, might ride out of a win. And, and then, you know, you have Rose and, and Jason Day real eager to get back there in the winner's circle. So uh, it'll be good. I, I'm with you, though. I like, I like Billy Horschel a lot this week. We're talking to Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Another big story this week, Jeff, is all the conversation about the Olympics and uh, Adam Scott dropped skipping the Olympics. Charles Schwartzel withdrawing. Um, actually, I think we're how many days away? A hundred? One hundred today. One hundred days away. And BJ right. Singh. Don't forget BJ Singh. He's that's, out too. That's right. What's a, what's your take on this? And you know what? What's the what's the word out on tour? Well, you know, I, I wrote a column today on golfweek.com on the whole situation. I think that the word I came up with was unfortunate. Really, it's, it's understandable when you look ahead to how hectic the summer is going to be. You know, you look at Adam Scott, he's got three majors ahead of him. He's, he's leading the FedEx points race, so he's going to have the four playoff events on the back end of the majors. So it's it's understandable that these guys uh, might want to miss a week, but it's, I think it's unfortunate in the bigger picture. You know, we're, we're trying to grow the game. It's not necessarily about growing it in Australia and the United States, but some of these countries that it's really just a concept right now and places that don't have golf courses and, and don't think of it, all of a sudden they're going to have some government funding and subsidies to start programs and get into the game. So, you know, bigger picture, you want everybody in the boat. And uh, I think it's off to a tough start when you have three of the top 20 guys in the world saying they won't be playing. Hey, Jeff, this is Kevin Sternett. How are you tonight? Hey, Kevin. I'm good, thanks. Good, good, good. You know, and and 
you know, I was talking about this with somebody earlier, well, actually Holly, and the thing about the Olympics that I see is, you know, the three main, the three main watched sports are your track and field, your gymnastics, and your swimming. You know, is there is there a field that they're not going to show the golf as much on TV? So the guys maybe are like, well, I don't really want to play because, you know, we can play every week and we're on TV. This And, and the, maybe the Olympics isn't as illustrious as they've made it out to seem. Well, you know, I, I, I see a point there that I don't think golf, with golf, I don't think a gold medal is really our ultimate. I think all these guys have grown up looking at the four majors, and now all of a sudden, you know, after 112 years, we're looking at golf and the Olympics and the possibility of a gold medal, and it's not kind of the way these guys came up and not the way they're really trained. Uh, and, you know, in those other sports you mentioned, you know, diving and track and field and fencing, gymnastics, it's, it's the ultimate. You know, it's the Mount Everest. So there's some of that. Uh, I think they'll be televised fine. There's only 60 players, so they'll be televised. But I think there's also a little bit of uh, – ho-hum over the format shows and you know it's another individual tournament and and some people were hoping it'd be like a two-man championship and and really a team deal where it's just an individual deal that we get every week so i think they'll look at it and try and tweak things when by the time they go to japan in 2020 and uh you know hopefully this one goes off pretty well and we get an exciting finish yeah and i don't know if they still play the i haven't seen it in a while the world golf championship i remember that was always a two-person teamed event but you know as I look at the criteria and who's playing in the Olympics, you know, honestly, it's like you're not having the best players in the world because you're going to have two from each country and you're only going to have 60 players. So you have to dwindle it down to so many players is, is it, you know, again, and like you said, it's just, it's the gold medal and they've not used to been playing that, that way for so long. It's just something new, maybe years to come, maybe, uh, maybe more players will then, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, and they'll change that format. Yeah, and I, and I think if there was a team element, I think it would have been a lot harder for Adam Scott to say, I'm not going, if he was a two-man team with Jason Day, and they would have been maybe maybe even front runners for a gold, maybe along with some U.S. You know, U.S. would have had two teams, say, there. Uh, and, and, you know, Schwartzel and Louis Oosthuizen would have been a great team for South America, for South Africa. So, uh, you know, I think if the team element was there, maybe it gets these guys' juices going a little bit. We see what it does in the Ryder Cup and and even to another degree in the President's Cup. So uh, I, I think if you had some, some team element to it, it might kind of get these guys a little more interested. I, I agree. I think uh, the choice of the format, uh, not not very exciting. But uh, certainly I think for both the, the women's, uh, you know, and the men's, as you said, globally, uh, we have certainly seen – particularly on the LPGA Tour, how golf is, is growing uh, in, in terms of the global game. Uh, any news on the golf course? Because, you know, there were so many setbacks early on in the design process, Jeff. How, how are things shaping up? Yeah, I think surprisingly well. I think there was a lot of fear early on that it would get finished. There's kind of a, you know, a manana-type attitude at times uh, that, you know, just don't worry about it, it'll get done, and people were concerned about that, but, you know, the test event they ran went off very well. You know, Gil Hansen, a terrific architect, and, and from what I saw, the courses had some nice reviews. So it's in good shape. I think it has flexibility that they can adjust to different conditions, different winds, and uh, I think that the course is going to be fine, and, and you know, that'll be a legacy because that'll get left behind as the first public 18-hole course in Brazil. So already, you know, there's a footprint that the Olympics will leave right there, and 
And uh, there is no public facility right now in Brazil. So, you know, you look at the bigger picture with what these Olympics can do, and that, those are the types of things that could be a win for the game if, if uh, it's successful in the Olympics. Well, as we might expect, uh, the global ambassador, Gary Player, spoke out about this. He said, people who are not excited to play in the Olympics have just been spoiled. They've been spoiled rotten. The honor of playing in the biggest sporting event on the planet. You should be honored to have the opportunity. Would we expect anything less from Gary Player? Yeah. <laughs> Gary would have rowed a boat there, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You have, you have a lot of factors, though. You have the Zika virus is a factor. I know players are told not to talk a lot about that, but that's a factor. And Lou Eustazen was trying to find out how to travel with his team like he does every week on the PGA Tour with his trainer and coach and all these folks, and he wasn't getting the answers he was seeking. And he just said, well, it's probably easier just to say I won't go. And and uh, I think there's a lot of factors. I kind of feel bad that Adam Scott is the, the point person for a lot of this because um, he's been a great ambassador to golf. He represents the game in a great way. And uh, he was the first guy to, to – and he's been pretty honest throughout, saying he's not – it doesn't really move his needle that much, golf in the Olympics. So when he said he wasn't going, it wasn't a huge surprise, but he was kind of the point person, and, and it's kind of taken off from there. Well, as always, Jeff, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Jeff Babineau, check out his story on the Olympics at golfweek.com. Thanks so much, my friend. You're listening to the you Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Help is here. Morgan & Morgan at ForThePeople.com. Business owners, does your website need a facelift? Are you tired of being held hostage by your web company or doing it all yourself? Surf Web Design can help. Surf Web Design builds custom websites to fit your needs and your budget. Need more sales? Their SEO experts can boost your website ranking and traffic. Surf Web Design is a full-service professional web design and Internet marketing company. Call today, 321-303-9684. 321-303-9684. Sam Sneed's Tavern has provided award-winning dining in the Orlando area for over 20 years. You'll hunger for more than a few birdies at Sam Sneed's Tavern. Our signature oak-grilled entrees will delight any size appetite. Choose from our fine selection of certified Angus beef, chicken, ribs, chops, and some of the freshest seafood in Central Florida. For a quick nine, try Sam Sneed's tasty soups, salads, sandwiches, and satisfying appetizers. Then finish off your round with one of our homemade decadent desserts. Sam Sneed's Tavern is the official 19th hole of the Golf Insiders. Enjoy our happy hour specials 3 to 7, Monday through Friday, and Saturdays 4 p.m. till closing. If you live and breathe the game of golf, Sam Sneeds is a must on your dining bucket list. Sam Sneeds Tavern, West Maitland Avenue, next to the RDV Sportsplex. For lunch, dinner, banquets, or catering, call 407-622-8800. 407-622-8800. One, two, three. That's all you need with Swing Click, the amazing training aid that provides three clicks to a more consistent golf swing. Master your timing, tempo, and rhythm just like the pros. Strap on a Swing Click and listen for the three clicks on your backswing, at impact, and on your follow-through. One, two, three. Swing Click helps train your brain and works with any swing. Simple and effective. Swing Click is the no-brainer golf trainer. Buy one today. SwingClickGolf.com. SwingClickGolf.com. 
Southern Golf Central is the Southeast's premier golf, travel, and lifestyle magazine. For more than 17 years now, no other regional magazine has covered golf industry news, clubs, resorts, and real estate communities like Southern Golf Central. Southern Golf Central proudly features local tournaments, charity events, rising stars, and dedicated volunteers that are helping to grow the game. With fresh new faces and bigger branding, Southern Golf Central is better than ever. Pick up a copy today at your favorite golf course or go online. SouthernGolfCentral.com. SouthernGolfCentral.com. Weather today, high of 90 with a low of 69. Sunny to partly cloudy skies with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible in the afternoon. Later on in the evening, a few passing clouds. Temperatures getting down into the 70s. This report is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts. Wondering if your car's battery is reaching the end of the line? Stop by Advance Auto Parts. They'll test it for you, free of charge. And if you do need a new battery, they'll install that too. Again, no charge. Only at Advance Auto Parts. What are you? Who are you? We are 96.9 The Game. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club. Some of the other headlines over the weekend, Michael Allen and Woody Austin winning the Bass Pro Shops Legends of Golf. Wesley Bryan wins on the Webcot.com tour event in Mexico. And Japan's Haru Nomura wins at the Swinging Skirts LPGA Classic out at Lake Merced in California. Wow, what a uh, finish that was, Kevin. The winds were blowing 35 to 40 miles an hour. It was, uh, I think, some of the windiest conditions the players had ever um, <laughs> had to play in. And I guess it was quite cold. But uh, That's almost unplayable. That was her second title for this year. And um, another uh, event happening during the tournament, Lydia Ko turning 19, having a little birthday party. Uh, during during the event, and Michelle Wee withdrawing uh, due to back spasms after playing the first 15 holes. Uh, she was 16 over after opening with rounds of 73, 73, and 75. She's winless since the 2014 U.S. Women's Open and hasn't had a top 10 finish in 33 events. A lot of injuries for Michelle, but um, we're hoping she gets healthy and uh you know, wouldn't it be great to see her in the Olympics, Kevin, as we were talking, talking oh, yeah. earlier? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She's a, she's a big force in women's golf. Love to have her. Absolutely. And now uh, we're going to go to a, a new golf insider, someone I've known for a couple of years. And he is, uh, he is a beat writer out on tour, contributing to a number of newspapers all over the country and globally, uh, contributes for Golf World UK and Inside Golf Australia magazines. It's a pleasure to have on the Golf Insiders, Garrett Johnston. Hey, Garrett. How are you guys doing? Good to, good to hear from you. I know, and it was great to see you at the Arnold Palmer back in March. I know that you have uh, just attended the U.S. Open Media Day up at Oakmont and very uh, interested to hear how the course looked and uh, give us a little preview of what's coming up. 
Oh boy, it, it, I gotta say, I love the U.S. Open. It's a national championship. It's it's one of those patriotic moments uh, for me when it hits the schedule each year, and it's that toughest major. And and that's one thing that Mike Davis uh, of the USGA was talking about on Monday. It's just this is a course that's set up for U.S. Opens. It's historically, it's gonna be the ninth U.S. Open at Oakmont. So this ain't no uh, this isn't Oakmont's first barbecue. That's for sure. <laughs> For the U.S. Open, but what I loved about it, as soon as you get to the course, as soon as you see the first glimpse of the course, you see the ninth green, right? As you look out from the from the clubhouse, you see the ninth green, and you see all the little practice holes, which are a part of one entire green, which is the ninth and the practice green. And I, I just love that about Oakmont, because what's going to happen is all of our listeners out there, all of the fans of golf, are going to turn on the U.S. Open and watch this course and go like, what the heck? We got Sergio putting on his practice screen. We got, and we've got, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler finishing up on the ninth hole. They're on the same green. I love that part of Oakmont and how that's going to be something that the everyday golfer is going to be like, wow, this is this is wild. This is crazy. A lot of fun out there at Oakmont on Monday. Uh, my scores were not pretty, but uh, it's definitely a fun course. Well, uh, people may course remember that uh, Paula Kramer won there in 2010 and Hel Cabrera won in 2007. Ernie Els won in 1994 uh, but the tournament escaped Arnold Palmer probably one of the things Oakmont is most uh, famous for. Yeah that's right against was it Jack in 1962 what a famous open um back in in those years but i mean what what a course though i mean you talked about some winners there and angel cabrera beating tiger woods as we remember and even the hometown you mentioned a hometown in in uh, arnold palmer but remember jim furick in 2007 had a driver in his hand on the 71st hole he was trying to make birdie on a drivable par four and he didn't quite get it done but he was very much in the mix he finished joint second with tiger to uh, Mr. Cabrera. So, I mean, there are just so many fun storylines, in my opinion, going into the national championship. And and whether it's uh, the, the local angles for these uh, these Western Pennsylvania folks or whether it's the young brigade coming up, that Ricky Fowler, Smiley Kaufman, there's so many guys that could have a great chance at winning that Open, I think, in, in this particular year. Well, I, I love the, the traditional track that we're, we're back into a – a hardcore U.S. Open golf course of one of the top-ranked courses of all time in Oakmont, just outside Pittsburgh. Who do you think the course is going to favor as we look at, you know, the the top ten on the FedEx Cup? Uh, certainly, I think it will uh, be a inviting course for world number one Jason Day. Who Who's on your radar? Just got a couple minutes. Sure, that's a good point. Um the, the biggest thing about Oakmont are the greens, and that's just historically what makes the biggest challenge. I was surprised. There, there's really there's not one tree out there at all. It's wide open. Uh, it's really the rough, and it's fast greens, and it, some undulations. But I would say that Jason Day, we've seen him at U.S. Opens. I think it's uh, Marion, which is in the same state of Pennsylvania back in 2013. He had a great charge there on that final Sunday. He almost won uh, the Open that year. Of course, he almost won 2011, or I should say he was in the top three behind Rory in 2011. But I, I think Jason Day and Adam Scott, two guys that drive the ball very well, 
Um, I think they're going to have an advantage, and particularly Jason Day with his putting. He seems to have a deft touch on faster greens, whether it's U.S. Open, as I just mentioned those two, or the Masters. His very first Masters in 2011, this guy w- was off the charts with, his, with how he played and, and just how he has a great – he seems to have a, a very comfortable way on faster greens in major championships, and I think he is the guy. He's going to be the favorite, in my opinion, uh, to, to go for the U.S. Open. All right, Garrett. Well, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us, and uh, must have been a great day up there. Great weather, and what a what a lucky opportunity to play the the golf course. Uh, we'll have you on again soon, Garrett Johnston, coming to us from Oakmont Country Club up there in beautiful Western Pennsylvania. Thank you so much, Garrett. You got it, guys. Take care. All right, Kevin. Who are you picking this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I'm taking Ricky Fowler. I think Ricky's going to come uh, come from two back and take the lead on Sunday, and he's going to win it. And you know, you know who I'm going with, Billy mm, Horschel Billy in his Horschel. octopus pants. We'll see what he's wearing. We're out of here, the Golf Insiders. We love you. Good night. See you next week.